Okay, I've had a couple questions lately, and in the process of answering these questions, I've decided to do just a short series on salvation. We call it by a lot of names, being saved, being born again, uh, being regenerated, all sorts of different names, but we want to make sure it's clear what it is. And last week we said Jesus, of course, provided it, and so naturally he knows better than anybody else what it is. And we said in John chapter 3, as he's talking to Nicodemus, and he gives us uh, three words, water was one, the spirit was another one as he's explaining it, and then he used the wind. And the water, he said, was washing. We need to wash. We got sin as our problem. We got to get rid of that problem. And he's going to do that. He's going to forgive sin, take it away. And that's really the beginning of that work of salvation. And then God and you, the Spirit, deep inside of us, has a conversation with God. Now, I've had people say to me, actually, quite a few times, I've had people say to me, I've been talking to God my whole life. And I say, that's great, but did you ever talk to him about your sin? <laughs> that's a little different, isn't it? That's a little different. And it's one thing to say, I talk to God and I do all this, it's okay. But uh, you want to say, did you ever have that conversation about sin? And that's what it's really uh, about. And then we said that... Uh, the wind was the mysterious nature of it, as God does whatever he decides to do with various people. And we showed a whole bunch of different examples in the Bible, and I gave you examples out of the Bible, how God made different approaches to different people and brought them in different ways. And so uh, the point is, if somebody say, well, here, I'm going to give you the definition of salvation. Here's how it all works perfectly. Not quite. You may not be able to define how God works. And uh, that's certainly what's happening. And in this passage, Jesus used a couple words of phrase. He said, you have to be born again. And that was probably the best phrase to describe what salvation is. Uh, Being born again, Nicodemus said, it has already came out once of my mother. I don't think I can do that again. So now that's not what we're talking about. Uh, Born of the Spirit. And so I want to touch a little bit on that concept today. You've got Jesus who's always brilliant in his descriptions. Uh, he's, he is called the Word of God. That is, he is what expresses what's on God's mind. That's what you use words for, and I do. I have something on my mind. I use words to express it. Jesus expresses what's on the mind of God. And so he's naturally going to be the best at everything. Nobody understands it better than him. So uh, I always want to start with Jesus. And we have started with Jesus as his conversation about these things as he tries to explain it. And now I'm going to take the phrase born again and extend it out because there's another fella who's got a pretty good grasp of it. His name was Paul. All right. 
and here's why um, when <clears throat> this guy, Paul, was educated way beyond most people of his day, uh, extremely well educated, a very brilliant man, and he knew the Bible inside out. Uh, he, I don't have any doubt that probably five books of the Bible he knew by heart. All right, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers by heart, and probably Book of Psalms by heart. All right, how many you got? <laughs> you can't compare it to the mind. It's an extraordinary, brilliant mind. And that's why God decided, I'm taking him. I'm going to use that mind for what I want to use it for. And so he's on his way to kill Christians. So he said, He's going to go kill a few Christians, get rid of them. And God said, that's the guy I need. And he pushed him on the ground. He's a blind man crawling around in the dust. And then he says, who are you? And he says, I'm Jesus. And right then he was born again. Because his next statement is, what do you want me to do? That's a perfect understanding of salvation. See, God says, I'm going to save your soul. You're crawling around in the dust. I'm Jesus. I'm going to save your soul. He says, just tell me what to do. And if we really had a grasp of it, that's what we'd say. Just like that. Tell me what to do. Tell me what I got. So Paul really gets it. And he's going to explain it for us in that intelligent way that he has. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. <clears throat> this is one of those verses I learned with a kid when my mother read the, read the envelope. So here, say that verse. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away and behold, all things are become new. He is a new creature. I know I can't spell it. Creature. All right, he's a new creature. He's a brand new person. He said, all things passed away, and all things are become new. And so, God... When we say to him, I want you to forgive me, we have that conversation with God. He comes into us and he recreates a new person inside of us. Now, how does he do that? Don't ask me how he does it. I don't know. That's one of those wind things. We can't exactly describe it. But he says, you're a new creature. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. And I think the best way I can describe it is that in the beginning of time, God created the human race. And he created them for a purpose. The purpose was, number one, to have daily fellowship with him. So what did Adam and Eve do? Every night they had a conversation with God walking in the garden. 
And he said he came and he met with them in the garden and they walked in the garden and had fellowship with God. That's one of the intentions. And the other intentions, the Bible tells us, uh, he created the human race to please him. We were created to please God. And so he started out in the beginning with Adam and Eve. There they are. We're talking every night, having a conversation on a regular basis. You're pleasing me by what you're doing. That's what man was created to do. But we lost that connection. And that connection to God uh, was the way he meant it to be. We lost it. Why? Because of sin. Sin came along and it broke that connection. And so no longer do we behave in such a way so that we're having fellowship and pleasing God. But now it's time for the new life to come. He's going to come inside of us and he's going to make this new creature who wants what he originally intended. The new creature created by God wants to have fellowship with God and wants to please God. And so that's what is true of us. He says, says, I'm going to make you a new creature again. I'm going to put in you a drive and a desire to serve God and to please God. And that's what I'm going to put in you. So when you come to me and say, will you forgive me? He says, sure I will. I'm going to go beyond that. I'm going to put something new right inside of you. I'm going to restore what I originally intended, your original desire to fellowship with me and to please me. All right. So what we have inherited is sin. All right. New creature is made to fellowship, please God. So if that's what we're new creature is, And we ask this question. Why do I sin? I thought God put a new thing in me. Please God. He did. Says he did. He said he made you're born again. Started over. You're a new creature. Old things are gone. So if I've got that, how come I do things wrong? Ah, now we're getting down to the sort of nitty-gritty of what the new life is all about. This new creature. We're going to talk about salvation. God's going to give it to us. And then we come against this question. All right, if I'm supposed to have put in me this new spirit, why do I sin? And we're going to trust in Paul again, who really has a grasp of things, Galatians. Over a couple books to the book of Galatians, in chapter number 5. <coughs> chapter number 5 in the book of Galatians. Now here's a lot of words here that people aren't used to, uh, but we'll read them and then explain it. It's not that hard. Uh, Galatians 5.16 This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, Spirit against the flesh. These are contrary one to another, so you cannot do the things that you would. And so he says, there's something about you, uh, some people call it an old nature, I'm going to call it a tendency 
I think tendency is, is something we understand maybe a little better. We have within us a tendency to sin. We were born with it. We were born with it. Right? We got a tendency to sin. Right? Now, we got God calling to our new person that he put in us, God's calling to it, and come on, come this way, do what I ask. And inside of us, those a tendency, they, no, I'm going to go this way. You want to go? I'm going, going this way. We've got a tendency. Uh, that's our tendency to sin. Um, now, here's what he says to do. And I like this because it's a, it's a graphic description. And it helps us. So you've got this battle inside of us. A new life came, we got a new spirit, wants to serve God, and we've got these tendencies to want to sin. All right? Uh, verse 24 of Galatians 5. They that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and with the lust. So here's the struggle inside of us. God came in regenerated us, we've been born again, but we find we still got a struggle inside of us. The book of Romans goes into considerable detail about the struggle. Here he gives us a different idea. Here's what I think what you should do is crucify the flesh. And so hanging on his cross here is your old tendencies. Your old nature. So, so what you need to do with that tendency to want to do what's wrong, you need to crucify it. Well, you know what that means. We nail it. We nail it. Crucified somebody to a cross. Nailed them. They were tied and then nailed through the hands and tied. And they tied their feet and nailed them through the feet. And you're restricted seriously. You can't move. All right. So he says, that idea, I want to transfer over to your tendency to do wrong. I want you to nail it to a cross. I want you to restrict it, hoping to kill it. Right? That's what the crucifixion did. You put them on there because you were going to restrict them. And of course, you're going to kill them, too. So your old nature, he says, tie it, nail it up to a cross. Think of it like a cross like Jesus was on. And you have this tendency to do wrong. Restrict it. Don't allow it to have its way. Nail it up so you can't move. And restrict it. And... So is it ever going to die? No. Because if you let this hand loose, it will grab your right foot and neck try to kill you. Believe me. The tendency is strong in us. He grabs us by the neck, tries to kill us, so we just restrict it, nail it to a cross. All right, and those tendencies, whatever the tendencies you have, you all know you've got tendencies to do things wrong. I don't have to describe that to you. You know what you do. You know your hot temper. You know your bad words. You know all those things. And uh, uh, 
you've got to restrict it, he says. And, and what you want to do is, and I like you to look at it this way. This one here, we want to starve him. Don't give him what he wants. Starve him. He wants to do what he wants to do. No, you can't. I'm not going to allow it. And he's going to starve if I don't get what I want. I'm going to... Yeah, right, that's what we're trying to do. This other one, this new one that's born again, that one you need to feed. Feed this one, starve that one. How do you feed it? Well, you come to church. You thought just come to church and sit with your friends and all. No, 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 no. You're feeding the new person so that he can win against the old tendency. You're going to feed him. You're going to read a Bible. You're going to feed him. You're going to say your prayers. You're going to feed him. You're going to get together with God's people. You're going to feed him. You're going to make him as strong as you can so that he can overcome this one that's hanging on the cross. So, uh, yes, we have this new spirit in us, and then we got a problem with it. It's sin. And so how does that new thing work? Well, uh, we're born with sin. It comes natural to us. Matter of fact, we're downright good at it. We're downright good at it. And so salvation says repent and ask forgiveness. And the tendency is to say, I'm going to excuse my sin. No, 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 no. I think, and this, as I say with a, Many years of experience, I would say. Uh, our tendency, because we were born with sinners, when you're born with something, you just always have it, right? It's always there. Born with it. I was born with red hair, it's still there somewhere. Okay. I think it's there somewhere. Uh, you're born with things. You're born with handicaps, you're born with tendencies, you're born with personality, you're born with those things. And so we're so used to them. And I think our problem lies in this. We don't realize what sin does to us. It has a devastating effect on our character. And so we say, well, yeah, but I asked to be forgiven by God. Yeah, good, good, good. I'm glad you did, and he will forgive you. But when will you understand how devastating sin is on your life and on your character? It may take years later. It may take years before we finally come full face looking at ourselves and saying, man, this thing is going to destroy me. It's ruining me. It's ruining my life. And that's uh, how sometimes, because we are so born with sin, it's such a natural tendency to us that we really takes years for us to realize just how vile sin is, particularly in God's eyes. And so the word that comes to me is that we have a tendency the real tendency is to rebel. That's what we have. We're born with a tendency 
to rebel. So, here's this born again stuff. Now I'm born again, I'm all set, got all figured out. Except for I want to do what I'm not supposed to do. Well, maybe you don't have it all figured out. So we're going to think about it. We're going to crucify the flesh, put it up on a cross, say, I'm restricting you. not going to allow you to do it. But still there's a tendency in us to rebel. And that's what Adam and Eve did, you understand. It's exactly what they did. God said, there's one tree, there's fruit on that tree, don't eat it. That's the only rule they had. They could do anything. Don't eat that one. What'd they do? They ate that one. There's hundreds of them they could have eaten. They're going to eat that one. Why? Because that's what I want to do. I'm going to eat that. All right? Now they got tricked. Eve was tricked into it. Deceived because she believed Satan. Adam wasn't tricked. The Bible says he wasn't fooled. He just said, I'm going to eat this fruit. Here you go, watch this, and he ate it. It's a tendency to rebel. All right, and we have that tendency. So where does that leave us? This salvation thing it puts us kind of in a struggle. Well, you want a, you want a chance to <coughs> see how it really works. Here we go, John chapter 14. You have to remember, when God says, I'm going to save your soul, I'm going to give you a new life, and the, the effects of it are going to be amazing. And I will forgive your sins forever. I'll forget them. I'll bury them in the deepest sea. I'll remove them as far away from you as the east is from the west. That's infinite. Infinitely removed from us. I'm going to let you go to heaven. I'm going to give rewards when you get there. All these things, the list piled up higher and higher. All these things he does. But we say, but I still got to struggle in me. And so you think God says, there you go. Now you're born again. Let's see how you do. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? Well, here's what God did for us. John chapter 14. Verse 16, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But you know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. And so, one of the things that happens when you become a new creation and born again, the Holy Spirit is going to live in you. So now, there's the struggle between the good side and this bad side. You have an extreme advantage. <laughs> the Holy Spirit has come inside. He's right in there. And you think, oh, I'm going down through life and I'm all, God's just seeing how I'm doing. No, 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 no. He's right there. He's right there. He's listening to the conversation you're having in your own mind. And he's interjecting into your thoughts. He's trying to do things for you. He becomes a voice inside of us, warning us, calling to us. He becomes information. He's going to teach us things that we didn't know before. I've been 
teaching for what, 40 years? And it seems like every week there's something I didn't know. And that comes from the Spirit. He's saying, here, do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Well, come on, here's some more. Information is a regular thing comes from the Holy Spirit. And I think more than just information, understanding. To grasp what God is and what he expects from us and what to do is a very important thing. And we got the Spirit in us telling us, this is what I want. This is what I want you to do. Will you listen to what I say? I'm here all the time with you. And so... It's a voice, yes, it's information, understanding, yes, but I think mostly what it is, is it's a presence. And learning how to live the Christian life, realizing what happened when we were born again, when we were saved, is that we now have a presence in us that we can feel. You can feel. Well, how do you feel God? I can't explain it. I heard, turned on the TV, somebody was singing a song this morning, and I started crying my eyes out, thinking, thank you, God. She's just singing a song about what God did, and I thought, I hadn't thought about that in a while. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. The presence is there. And you heard uh, what she said this morning. Can't sleep, so what do you do? Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Say it again and again and again. I don't care, say it a million times. Pretty soon you'll know he's there. And so feeling his presence is a tremendous advantage. So we say, well, what are we going to do? How are we going to live this life? Well, you're going to ask to be forgiven. And then you're going to understand he's put a new desire in you. And you're going to feed that desire. You know, listen to that voice that's inside of you, helping you. Uh, feed the new man. Come to church. Do something for God. And the struggle is much less intense when you realize he's right there with you. I remember thinking about these things years and years and years ago. And I used to drive a forklift at work, which was great because I didn't have to do anything but think. I put that over there. I don't have to think about that. Just put this over there, unload trailers, 20 pallets, and don't think about it. Just drive. I could think about God. And for hours and hours and hours a day, I thought about God. And I remember all of a sudden, I felt that God's very near to me. And, and I said, I'm going to do something different today. I'm going down to Burger King for lunch. And I went in and ordered a sandwich, sat down. And I said, for heaven's sakes, he's right here at the table. He's with me. And I said, man, I can't get away from him. And that's a good feeling. Isn't it? Good feeling. Can't get away from God. Well, good. I don't want to get away from him. I want to be near to him. I want to talk to him. So when we talk about being born again, uh, it's not going to be, you say, well, there's God. He says, there you go. I forgave your sins. I'm going to watch and see what you do next. No, 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 no. He said, I give you extreme advantage. I put the Holy Spirit right inside of you. He's going to talk to you. He's going to help you. 
give you strength, give you his feeling of his presence. And so we do have a problem with sin is that we don't realize how devastating an effect it has on our life. It has a tremendously devastating effect on us. But he's given us the extreme advantage of spirit within us. Listen to him. Listen to what he says, and he'll help you immensely in that new experience and in a new life. All right? So it's a couple of weeks. I've talked about salvation. I'll probably go on a couple more weeks and add more to it because I had a question on baptism, and we'll include that in the series too. Thank you.